Hello and welcome. You're listening to Stay You Boo with me, Meg. And me, Sam. The podcast where we have a coffee and unashamedly discuss whatever comes to mind. From taboo topics to navigating life as a millennial. Imagine a coffee date. Or brunch. With your bestie, but with a whole load of tech involved. So without further ado, let's get into it. So today's episode is on anxiety and being anxious. And why they're not necessarily the same thing. Because I don't know, if I ever tell people that I have anxiety disorder, the most common response that I get is, oh yeah, me too. I get I get stressed sometimes or like sometimes I feel anxious and I get that they're trying to empathize, but it's not the same. It really isn't. It's like, yes, I'm sure you do feel anxious and I'm sure you do feel stressed and worried and that isn't okay to feel that way. Or, well, actually, do you know what? It's normal. It's it's, it's, it's a healthy mi- mental process. Like people, yeah. people have this conception, which I think is very destructive, that negative emotions aren't healthy. But that is the opposite of what they are. Your your mind needs to process negative emotions. Yeah, it's it's how it copes. Yeah, and if if you literally look at like evolution and the way the brain has developed, there are certain structures in the brain that we have had since like the beginning of time, despite evolution, and they're the ones that help us manage things like fear mm-hmm. because it's just something we've always had to deal with. Yeah, so it's like evolutionary. It it makes a lot of sense. But like, that's not the same as anxiety disorder. Anxiety disorder no, is like where it becomes a problem. It's it's the overactive part of that process. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you would obviously know it more in scientific terms than I would. I've <laughs> just got my own personal experience to go off of. No. Um, so I'm not going to even try and be like a no, doctor no. But like, of medicine anyway. <laughs> but you are completely right. Like, it's... I guess in basic terms, anxiety disorder is like, yes, you're having those feelings that other people might be having, but yours, they won't go away and they're out Mm -hmm. of proportion to the situation. So like, you know, where some people will get worried about exams and like they normally Mm -hmm. feel some worry and that's normal, but like... And often it actually helps them perform better. Yeah. A lot of the time. Exactly. But then if you're absolutely terrified of leaving your house, that's, that's not in proportion with the situation Mm -hmm. and like that distress that you're feeling like that's the bit that makes it anxiety disorder if that makes Mm -hmm. sense makes sense to me (laughs) we'll 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 roll with it then we move (laughs) um but yeah and I I understand why there's a misconception there's a similar thing with saying like oh I have depression and somebody else saying like oh yeah I felt really sad last week oh god yeah it's very different yeah Um, and I think it's a dangerous thing to assume that somebody else is going through the same thing that you've experienced because I I don't know I think there's a general conception that people that suffer with specifically anxiety and depression are just over dramatic. Yes, and I think it is because like they're probably the most common mental health illnesses. So like according to mind six in 100 people experience generalized anxiety disorder. So like that's not including all the different little like sub 
subtitle-y things like social anxiety, panic disorder, PTSD, all of that. It's not including that, but just generalized. It's six in 100. Which I'd like to point out um, a lot of those subtitles, as you like to say, um, are very overlapping. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. just have one of them. Um, generalized anxiety disorder can also include a more specific part of that. Yes. Um, Oh yeah, they're all absolutely. very interconnected with each other. Yeah, it's definitely. not as simple as like you suffer with this one form of anxiety. Oh god, if only it was. Which that is why simple. we have the umbrella term generalized anxiety disorder. Yeah, exactly. You're so right. But like, I think six in one hundred is quite a lot. Like six percent of people. Yeah, I mean, I think it's quite a surprising statistic um, because. Of the campaigns that mine do, they tend to say um, one in four people suffer with a mental health issue at some point in their lives. Which, of course, is huge. 25% as opposed to 6% with generalised anxiety disorder. And mm-hmm. I acknowledge that there are many other forms of mental health issues. I really do. Mm. And I don't think anyone is less important than another. There are more severe forms, but that's a different concept. Yeah. And, and a different um, podcast, which I could do a mega rant about. Absolutely. We will get to that in the future. Um, but 25% seems like an awful lot. And I do think there needs to be some distinction between experiencing a mental health issue, like having a bout of depression as a kind of a response to a traumatic event or like it's circumstance so bouts of things tend to be related to circumstance and have triggers Mm. whereas I would say that disorders or conditions um this is a completely non-medical thing this is just the way my brain works uh, in trying to think about it we move we Um, move we move um there's a there's a clear distinction between that and a disorder or a condition that someone suffers with long term and that 25% can be misleading because it includes both of those cases yeah i think that's a good thing to bring up to be honest i think in general when you're looking at statistics you've just got to take it all a little bit with a pinch of salt um mm-hmm. But, statistics are hella manipulative mm-hmm. i just like to say yeah <laughs> you can make them say whatever you want to say but Either way, whatever, whichever way you look at it, I guess, I can't help but think that like anxiety is something that is, has quite a high prevalence in our society. And I think especially like our age, our generation, it's like, it's massive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think it's only getting bigger. Like, I think if you speak to like our parents or our grandparents, it's like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying like they're completely stress-free, but they go through life and they're they're generally like chill. Do you know what I mean? Like, and although I don't know if that comes with age, but I genuinely think if you talk to them, it's not the same level as like all of us seem to have, just in a perpetual state of fear. Or maybe that's just me, but still. Uh, I do see what you're saying. However, I think that the awareness of mental health and the stigmas surrounding it have changed like dramatically, like so dramatically Yeah. Um, since our grandparents were young and even our parents even. Um, so to compare like their reaction or their experience with it, I don't think is fair because 
I think they are less aware of what they have mentally gone through because they were always taught to just push it under the rug. Otherwise, mm. they would be in a very severe mental institute yeah. um, where they stick you with needles and try to do... What, what's that brain thingy? Oh, do you remember? What yeah, um, that still exists. East, yeah. Electric, electric convulsive therapy. No, 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 not that one. The one where they like remove a part of your body. Oh, lobotomy. Yeah. yeah. A lobotomy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like mental health was something to be feared. Um, when, when say, our, definitely when our grandparents were young, I'd say the stigma still continued through to when our parents were young. Oh, and yeah, obviously, for sure. My, with my mine. parents are both immigrants. So it, that varies across different countries as well. Mm. So yeah, like to say that they haven't experienced the same mental issues, I think is kind of a bold statement just because they would have been terrified to admit if they had. Yeah, no, you are so right. Like, I guess for us, it's one, it's more spoken about in terms of, like you said, there's less of a stigma, but also like it's more documented just because we have things like social media so like Mm -hmm. things I just feel like we know a lot more about people whether that be celebrities or just general people like yeah in the past you you, yeah like you wouldn't know if Marilyn Monroe had anxiety whereas like these days a lot of celebrities like are like they have the yeah and just have the platform to talk about it Mm -hmm. which I guess I, I think is I think it's helpful. I think it's positive. But I think the worrying thing that comes along with it is those people saying, oh, yeah, I have that too, Mm -hmm. when they don't necessarily understand what it means. Yes. And I think even if you are going through a bout of anxiety, if something is going on with you, even if it's the first time or even if it's very short term, that is important to deal with. Yeah. The only point we're making is that it is different to somebody who suffers with a long-term condition. Yeah. Well, even with a long-term condition like anxiety disorder or something like that, I think it's important to think about it's so different for everyone. Oh, 100%. I don't know about you. So for me, when I'm most or when I most notice it, or even just like how I experience my anxiety disorder, it's constantly being on edge. Like I always expect the worst. I overthink the most simple of situations. And like it gets to the point where it's easier to just avoid that situation altogether than like put myself in a place where any of those sort of like ideas that I've come up with come true. So obviously, you know, the film Inside Out. Of course, it's Disney, hun. Oh yeah, of course. So in her life, she's got joy taking control of like the little mm. like, joysticks or whatever at the front no joystick get it <laughs> okay whatever please stop I hate you <laughs> the control panel thank you thank you that's yeah okay words are hard <laughs> this is where you excel not me clearly <laughs> but for me it's fear mm-hmm. like that is the only way I can describe it is that that little character is the one who like is in control of yeah of Mm -hmm. how I react and you you do experience the other emotions yeah to a lesser extent he's he's the one that would always be like making the orders around the head yeah and he's louder like 
Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely identify more with the fear character than any of the others. Yeah. Maybe the um, disgust. I need to about to say that. <laughs> want to be discussed because she is freaking awesome <laughs> to be she probably is the second one for me but i think yeah. we can do a whole episode on inside out that film is bloody brilliant it's such a good film yeah. and i think it's so underrated oh and yeah like, every time somebody like gets into the whole topic of me being a child and loving disney um, <laughs> i bring up inside out and they're just like that's so childish like i'll no. explain the premise of it but it, honestly, when you watch it, it's such a deep film. Okay, let's do a whole episode. I'm ready for it. <laughs> but yeah, I think for me as well, I don't just experience anxiety like in my head, in my brain. Like that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. There's also like like physical, like physically. Yeah, I feel it like. In my chest, like my heart, it like it like goes sort of fluttery, not like palpitations, but just sort of like. And then I feel like I'm in a bubble, and everyone else is a bit outside, so everything's just a little bit muffled, and I I get restless. I I need to escape. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's for me. Like I get really even talking about it a little bit is making me a bit. Yeah, no, I totally get that. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. What about you? Like, how do you experience anxiety? So my experience of anxiety has varied over the years. Mm. I would say I've struggled with anxiety specifically, like consciously for the past eight years. Okay. Um, But it's definitely been prevalent younger than that. And I would say it definitely manifests physically. Like that's when I notice it the most. Yeah. Yeah. that could be just because I'm hyper aware of that um, because it definitely plays off of a specific part of my anxiety, which is a phobia. So just to be clear, I suffer with social anxiety, panic disorder and phobias. Um, and All good things come in three, Sam. <laughs> I love a good list of three. It's my favorite writing device. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so one of, so my main phobia definitely is a physical one and my anxiety and how I experience that definitely plays off of that. Mm. So one of the main things that I experience is nausea. It doesn't necessarily relate to the trigger. It could just be, I wake up one morning and it happens. I do experience panic attacks as well, um, which like again everyone experiences it slightly different but i experience it in a very what's the word i'm looking for medically obvious way yeah like i know what you mean um signs of a panic attack yeah like the stereotypical almost yeah um and i experience it where it, it feels like i'm having a heart attack um it's very painful it's not like oh my heart's beating fast it's like ow Uh, like a crippling pain (laughs) um and so your heart races I might I get really sweaty sometimes I pass out (laughs) um so it's it's a very like extreme reaction to waking up yeah sometimes very (laughs) like that is all it can be and like you said it's very physical whereas for me mine is very physical mine's a lot less and I guess that's that's something important to remember like we said 
so varied between people manifest so differently Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so yeah I mean I also do experience obviously the mental side of things where I have way too many thoughts to process um and none of them are making any sense uh that tends to come along with the panic attack it also just tends to come along in my day-to-day life um which is why most of my responses to conversations don't make any sense (laughs) Because I'm trying to think about like a hundred different things at the same time. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Like my brain is a mess. Yeah, it's it's complicated. Um, and it also makes, I know this is a slight tangent, it makes being authentic a bit difficult because it's like, well, any of those a hundred thoughts are going through my head. So if I voiced any of them, I would be being authentic. Yes, that's so, so important. Like for me, what I am or like my identity, it's just like a bajillion different things. Yes. And that's why when people meet me, it can be very confusing because I can sound like I'm contradicting myself a lot. Yeah. Which don't get me wrong. I do. I, do. <laughs> I change my mind a lot, but that's because I'm constantly trying to figure out which of my thoughts make the most sense to me and which I relate to the most. Yeah. And it can be very confusing. And it's something that I'm still working on doing. Like, I, I definitely haven't nailed it yet. <laughs> I've mm. gotten better at it. Um, but yeah, I think that's a very common thing for anxiety disorders is to have too, like an, an overwhelming amount of thoughts. And personally, mine comes out a lot in social situations. Yeah, I was um, going to say that. That's one of my biggest triggers. Yeah, um, definitely big gatherings. Sometimes if it's like, a really big gathering that's actually better for me oh really yeah because I can feel like I get lost in the like the amount of people and I can just focus on the relationships I already have like the friendships I know well and I'm comfortable with Mm. rather than feeling like if it's a smaller group I have to mingle more yeah it's really weird though because for me like Sam I also struggle with um social anxiety as well as generalized um I'm lucky enough to not struggle with panic disorder or phobias um as much but there are other um diagnoses under the anxiety umbrella which I do struggle with like body dysmorphic disorder um in terms of how what I was saying about my triggers like yeah social things like being in big groups or with people that I don't know like new people it's really weird because everyone says to me like oh no you're really confident you come across like so you come across like so calm and I'm like oh my gosh if you realized what is going on in my head (laughs) you would not be saying that but then also like those are big triggers but yes another one is staying inside all day if I've been inside all day I I can't sleep I can't I just I oh I don't even want to think about it I need to get out for me yeah like it's just it's a really big thing and I think my third big one I guess it's well this one's quite an interesting one but it's traveling but I think part of that is more stress inducing than anxiety mm. it, it it depends what the sort of travel is like where I'm going what I'm doing what sort of travel but like I there have been times like long haul flights for me that's oh no I get that but like other times it's just like I'm stressed about logistics which I think is a bit different yeah I mean oh I wouldn't even put that as a a trigger for me but it definitely is like I I think oh it's so hard to explain um travel I when I get on an airplane I'm shitting myself yeah you don't Um, like it do you 
I don't. But like once we're up in the air, I'm more okay. But I, I think with the phobia that I struggle with, it relates to so many other areas of life. Um, so I have a phobia of throwing up and it's a bit weird. Um, I think it's called a metaphobia. Yeah. Um, scientifically. Yeah. Um, and it's more common than you think. I'm just saying. And even if it wasn't, it's still legitimate. Yes. It sounds very childish to a lot of people. Um, but for me, it's something I've literally struggled with my whole life. I have no idea what triggered it. Um, we, I've had therapy for it as well. And there is literally, we have not found a link. Um, but it does, it relates to a lot of things. So for example, with flying, um, it's very common for people to throw up on Mm. takeoff and uh, landing and other people throwing up also sets off my anxiety. So it's a very, like, I'm very conscious of what other people are feeling as well. Um, And also the concept of, like, if I'm in the middle seat, I'm very much trapped. Oh, yeah. Um, So if I were to throw up, which I know I very rarely do, and that's a logical part of my brain that knows that, but the panic part of my brain continuously doubts that and is constantly like, you may throw up right now. (laughs) Yeah, logic does not exist when anxiety takes over. No, and that's the most frustrating thing because it is such an illogical phobia to have and I am a very logical person but um yeah so like there's a lot of different things and it can be tied to a lot of things um such as eating um going out for drinks um it's a large part of why I was sober for so long uh during my uni years Mm. so yeah it, it ties into a lot of areas of life that people wouldn't necessarily think about um because they never experienced it yeah, um, and it is different. I know that throwing up is not a comfortable experience for anybody, or for most people. I know there are weird people that enjoy it. What? Yeah, I know it's a weird one. Okay, um, I'll take your word it, like, for it. Obviously, they don't feel good in the moment, but they know it will make them feel better. Oh, afterwards. like tactical chunder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know. <laughs> yes, so. It can be something that people don't really understand the difference between not liking it, which that just sounds childish, to actually having a very illogical phobia of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. Like, like we were saying. Reacts, I can't control it. <laughs> no, exactly. And that's exactly what we are saying about the misconceptions and things like that. Yes, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. And I think it's so important to bring it up. Like, and I think it's also quite brave of you to bring it up in a public space. So I'm really proud of you. Oh, thanks, Chick. No worries. Um, I'm definitely very fidgety right now. (laughs) I can can sense that. We, you know, but it's okay. I was talking to a friend yesterday. Um, We were just talking about being calm and whatever. And he was like, I'm just always calm. You should probably learn something from me. And I was like, yeah, I can't relate to that. Um, I feel like panic radiates from me. Mm -hmm. And it's such a true thing. Like I just radiate panic all the time. (laughs) Maybe not all the time. I think you can come across quite self-assured. But as soon as you that is genuinely a crazy concept, but I get told that quite a lot. Yeah, But as soon as you get to know you, different story. different yeah. story I mean I, I think can't I learn to hide it yeah I can't afford to come across as panicked like imagine oh, yeah. and I feel for you hun. <laughs> like imagine your doctor came up to you 
and appeared freaked out or nervous, you would have no trust. So I've got to like fake it till you make it as a very real, very real thing for me. But do you know what? Sometimes I think that is a good way of coping. I I agree. I think the moments where you know you have to be a certain way, although it's very difficult, um, it takes you out of your anxiety a little bit because you're like, right, this isn't about me. This is about what other people need from me. Yeah. And although, yes, it can be a dangerous way of thinking if you do it all the time, it's also a good practice for yourself um, because introverts people have this misconception that we're selfish Mm. and that isn't true at all or at least I don't think it's true no no Um, no it's not but we actually spend a lot of time thinking about how the way we are affects the people around us Mm. um and yes that can be a form of anxiety but equally so when it matters it can help us move through a situation without experiencing the panic side of personally my anxiety yeah exactly and I think that relates to what you were just saying about when you're being a doctor that your patient needs someone reassuring and confident and to experience that kind of persona helps you realize that you can be that person exactly it's that reminder but like how else would you say like what has helped you sort of cope with your um anxiety and your anxiety disorders um I would say having people around me that I trust 100% to accept me Mm -hmm. has been I know that I'm very privileged to have that Um, yeah I'm not saying there's no judgment whatsoever and it does take time to build that understanding of what I'm going through um and to make it to, especially if it, we're living together, to create a situation where it's not affecting them, or at least to an extent. But having a support system has definitely been the most important part of my progress. Yeah, like people who understand a little bit, or at least try. Or at least they're willing, at least willing to listen to my side of the story. Yeah, and definitely. love me regardless as well. Yeah, like. I know that with my parents, no matter what we say, how we act towards each other, um, how angry we are at each other, how much we upset each other with words, we will always have a loving relationship at the the base of who we are, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I get that completely. I, I completely agree. Like, for me, I think relationships and those sorts of things are the things that have been the biggest thing for me. But I also wanted to bring up something which I'm hesitant to bring up, but I'm going to say it anyway. Here we are. I have a feeling I know where this is going. Um, No, go for it because I agree. I just want to talk about like medication. Yes. Because this isn't me trying to promote medication. Like this isn't an pushing. (laughs) This isn't an ad. This isn't sponsored. I don't get sponsored by some big pharmaceutical company. God, um, no. But what I want to just sort of like try and point out is that there are a lot of misconceptions around medication whether that be like antidepressants um medication for anxiety or whatever it might be um people think that I don't know like whenever I've spoken about it people like oh I don't want to take it because it turns you into a zombie or I don't want to change who I am 
I mean, had they got that information from the 60s? It, that's the problem, isn't it, though? It's like, it's these weird myths that if you yeah. take antidepressants, it's just going to like make you non-responsive. And that's not yeah. what it is. Like They just sort of help alter the levels of hormones in your brain, like very basically. And well, I'd like to point out that there are very there are so many different forms of medication for each mental issue that yes. you may be struggling with. Some are ones that you take long term and take a while to kick in. Some are ones that are very short term that like deal with kind of symptom. if you're feeling it, then take it. Yeah, yeah like the physical um, symptom. Yeah, there are also like. Obviously, there are other forms of mental health disorder like schizophrenia, which require a more severe or more intense medication program, if that makes sense. Yeah, or just even not necessarily intense, but just different. Like it still might just be taking one tablet a day. And also the big thing that I want to say is medication isn't the solution it's no. it's in conjunction with those positive relationships and yeah. different coping mechanisms but therapy for example yeah exactly but i'm not saying like you must take medication if you want to get better but like don't rule mm-hmm. it out without a bit of consideration and yes. also so just like be open give them a chance if like if you can give them a chance and some people will get side effects some people might mm-hmm. not find them effective, but there are loads that you can try. Um, yes, and, and sometimes I'd like to point out that you do experience the medications differently to somebody else. Yeah, um, yeah like two different and, people cannot yes, just take the same. It might work for you, it might not work for you, but there's so many different dosages you can try or different types of medication even the brand of medication does make a difference yeah definitely Um, so you it's a process it is can be a very frustrating process to find a medication that works for you but honestly if you are really having a hard time and therapy alone isn't working or your support system alone isn't working medication can be that kick you need and whether you literally just do it for a little while to sort out your your kind of process at the beginning and then you find that the therapy starts to work and you can come off the medication like there are so many ways of doing it that works for you and that's up to you to decide which course you want to take yeah like it doesn't have to be forever and no, absolutely. I just, it was just something I wanted to bring up because for me, medication has been one of the biggest things. Like, I really don't think that I could have done it without medication. Um, mm. I, I have other coping mechanisms. Like, for me, it's normally distraction techniques. So, if I'm in a lecture or something and I'm feeling panicky, I'll doodle or um, I'll avoid social media. Or I'll like, mm-hmm. if I'm in a social situation, a lot of the time I talk a lot, like I babble and I know they're short-term solutions, but do you know what? But I'll, sometimes you need that. Oh yeah. I'll vibe with that for now. You just need that moment. And that's all, sometimes that's all that you need. Sometimes you need to leave the party. Sometimes you need to sleep for the weekend. Like it, you just find the coping mechanism that allows you to continue and to function. Yeah, definitely. And it's different for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, because I experience my anxiety and panic very physically, I find doing physical things allows me to distract myself, similar to Megan. Okay. Um, 
one of those things is kind of weird and I didn't realize this until I joined an online forum um, that is specifically for mental health. Can I ask what forum it is? It's called Together All. Okay. And so it's all anonymous um, and you can post to the community um, and they are it, everything is open to um, being responded to. It's a very supportive environment um, where you can just share each other's experiences, give advice if you've gone through something similar. Um, and then there are also um, the people that run together or if they feel like they need to intervene, they will. Um, or if you want specific advice or a one-to-one chat, you can just open up a chat yeah. box with them. Like moderators. Yeah, so it's a very good forum um, for those who are going through a difficult time um, or just have, because at the moment, obviously the NHS is very stretched. Um, access to psychological services um, is quite limited or there's a long waiting list. Mm. The pandemic has affected us mentally I think it's quite significantly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you are sh- on a waiting list or you're still waiting to be processed through the IAP services or a p- private service, whatever you do, um, it is, forums are a good interim. Yeah. We'll leave a link to together all in the show notes. If that's something that you think might help you just to check out. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so one of my coping mechanisms that I realized was a bit unusual was that I check my pulse. Okay. Um, Make sure you're still alive. I think that is kind of part of my mentality. And I know it's a bit weird because obviously I'm still alive if I'm experiencing panic. But um, it's something I've actually done since I was a lifeguard. Okay. And I don't know why I started doing it. Maybe it just intrigues me a little bit. Maybe it's the rhythm I'm quite musically inclined I guess yeah um so uh, rhythm and beats do have a mental effect on me they tend to soothe me quite a lot um so I just find my pulse either on my wrist or my neck um and I do find it very soothing um even if it's fast it doesn't actually matter the rate at which it's going it's just feeling it reminds me that I'm alive um and that I will be okay it will pass I love Um, that yeah, it's an odd one though, because I know that some people find it triggering to oh. feel their heartbeat, especially if it's raised. Yeah, that makes sense to be fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one that has always been very soothing, or since at least the age of 16 has been soothing to me. So I thought I'd share that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> and it also points out that everybody's coping mechanisms do look different. And sometimes you just need to find that thing that you click with that works for you. Yeah, definitely. So if anybody else has any little tips, like, because I'd never heard about Sammy's, like, please (laughs) let us know, because I'm always looking for ways to help me cope. Um, I want to just as well bring up, I know that we've briefly mentioned therapy. um, But I think that's quite a big topic. Yes, it definitely is. And one that we would really both, I believe, like to talk about in a lot of depth. (laughs) Yeah, so we might save that for um another day but it's um Mm -hmm. just wanted to bring that up to say like yes it is something that i think can be very helpful but we're just not going to go into it right now i think we should leave that for now i think we've discussed a lot Mm -hmm. um 
I think it's quite an intense topic, quite draining topic. Um, yes. <laughs> but no, I've enjoyed talking about it and I I really well, we, want... It's something we do talk about a lot, don't we? Yeah, generally. We, we do a lot. We are kind of each other's support systems in a way. Um, mm, definitely. A, a large part of our friendship and an apt thing to discuss on the podcast, no matter how draining. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, please let us know what you think, if you've got any other tips, how you might experience your anxiety or your anxiety disorder um, and anything else you want us to discuss, maybe in a little bit more deep detail or maybe something completely different. Yep. So make sure to rate, review and share. Plus follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at stay underscore you underscore boo. Um, and you can leave comments, message us directly, whatever way you want to get in touch. Yeah. And stay you, boo. We'll speak to you next time. Mm-hmm.